וגם אני פתאום רואה את Welcome to Kolot. This is your host, Rabbi Hillel Kappenstein, Director of the Columbus Community Kolel. And it's a great honor and privilege to welcome you to our next episode featuring Steve Steinauer, President and CEO of Huntington Bank. I've had the privilege to meet Steve a couple times, and he is a real gentleman, a real mensch. And in this episode, we're going to cover a lot of interesting stuff. I mean, Very humble beginnings for Steve, how he got into uh, Huntington and all the different things they've been able to do. It's quite a story. And we're going to talk about Intel coming to Columbus. We'll talk about Steve's trip to Israel and getting involved with the yeshiva uh, here in the United States. Quite a story. So you have to listen to this. Share with your friends. If you could give us a great review, that's very much appreciated. But this is quite the episode, and we're very excited to bring this to you. And we would like to thank our media sponsor, Columbus Jewish News. Very exciting that we have this partnership with our friends over there. And a very special shout out to all the people that helped make this happen. Um, Kevin and Steven and Steve Pinsky, great folks over there. And we're really excited for this partnership. partnership. So thank you to Columbus Jewish News for being our media sponsor. Uh, but without further ado, let me tell you about our guest. Steven Steinauer is chairman, president, and CEO of Columbus, Ohio-based Huntington Bank Shares Incorporated, a 175 billion regional bank holding company delivering a full suite of commercial and retail banking, investment management, and insurance services through Huntington National Bank and its affiliates. Steve, thank you so much for joining Colote. It's great to be with you and your listeners, Rabbi Kappenstein. Thank you for the honor. So I want to ask you if you could share with us a little bit about your background, uh, your education, and what was your first ever job? Well, I became a paper boy. This would be something most of the listeners wouldn't be familiar with at age eight and had a three-mile paper route in a, uh, in a very rural uh, town in, in Pennsylvania. And so you delivered daily and you collected at the end of the week. And, and uh, that, uh, that started to show me some discipline in, uh, in work. Okay. So I was not a paper boy, but I did, you know, I was a lawnmower, so <laughs> a little bit different, but similar. Uh, can you tell us how, how did you get to Huntington Bank? Well, it, it, the board was looking to, uh, to a management uh, executive retirement in a, in a, in a sort of normal course. Uh, times were very difficult in 2008 and 2009, and, and the uh, thought was to take an external search. And uh, towards the end of that search process, uh, a friend of mine who was running the search actually suggested I I take an interview. I, I sort of did it as a favor to her, but in reviewing in advance the, the, the history of Huntington and what it stood for, its values and principles, and uh, the nature of the business it provided, I thought it was actually a, a very, very interesting institution. So um, the board uh, engaged with me around that in in the fourth quarter of 2008, and I started in January uh, uh, of 2009. 
Wow. So that's an interesting time to enter uh, a bank like Huntington. Um, maybe we'll get back to that in a little bit, but can you first talk about some of the core values that you try to you know, establish and make you know, pronounced in Huntington Bank? Well, banking is at the intersection of commerce and people's lives. And so we talk about it internally as a, no, uh, a noble business. We help people. And so we commonly use this phrase, we look out for people. And that has over the years uh, uh, morphed into a, a purpose statement that I expect all of our colleagues to both believe and live. And that is, uh, we help people lead better lives. We make businesses stronger and uh, communities thrive. And, uh, and so that's a very important component of who we are. And, and it's uh, the privilege of the, the nature of the business we do. Oh, that's great. And I want to know if you're comfortable talking a little bit about some challenges or setbacks. I mean, you you went into Huntington Bank at 08 and 09, which was you know pretty turbulent time, economically speaking. Um, can you tell us about some of your challenges and maybe something that you were able to do uh, to make it work better for you? Well, the, the, the transition into the bank was at a, at a historic moment with the great financial uh, recession. And so the bank had uh, a number of, of challenges coming off a, a recent acquisition, and uh, I had to absorb those challenges and work through those. And, and, and it uh, was a bit, uh, a bit precarious in, at that moment. And so we had to make some hard decisions about what businesses we were in and not in, and um, uh, take some actions on the expense side. About half of our expense base are our colleagues, uh, people uh, who work at Huntington, and uh, you never like to make those decisions, but they were necessary in the moment. And as we came through 2009, uh, we, we hit the bank position for growth and success. We were about $52 billion in assets at that time, and we're just over $175 billion today. Oh, sorry. I have to update the bio. Okay. But, uh, you know, something about, a, you know, a public bank like Huntington and, you know, the stocks, they go up, they go down, they go up, they go down. Um, and there's a certain level of like fragility that like, you know, certain things you just can't control. Can you tell us how do you handle like a drop, you know, a setback? Like you feel like, you know, your stomach dropped, like, oh my gosh, they just went down. Like, can you tell us a little bit about how you handle things that you can't control, especially when the, um, the, the consequences are on such a large scale? Right. So you know, I don't I don't get up uptight with um, changes in stock uh, stock drops, or uh, I don't get euphoric as we see increases. It it you know, the my job is to look at the long term and try and manage the company to fulfill its mission long term, and uh, and to to bring the culture of the company to uh, uh, as as far as we can to be aligned with that purpose, and and so. Uh, we have a great tradition here at Huntington of being very, very good to the community. It transcends generations of CEOs. And part of my responsibility is to, to bring, continue that, but bring it maybe to a new level and, and do that with my colleagues, highly engaged in, and supportive of the, the community and the organizations here. You just mentioned that you're looking long term, um, which reminds me of you know, something I want to ask you about your reputation. Huntington has a, has a reputation of just being um, a, a first class experience in every 
you know, whether it's commercial, residential or banking or investments, whatever it is, just, a, you know, very first class um, approach and professional and, and just a job well done all around. Is that something that you focused on? Like, how do we have a good reputation? Or do you feel that was, that's just, you know, what happens when you stick to your goals and you stick, to, you know, you stick to your mission and yeah, you'll have a good reputation if you do the things right. Well, we, we have always focused on customer and customer service and have measured customer satisfaction routinely. And, and we're not perfect. We, we have lots of opportunities to improve, uh, although I think we're better today than we might have been um, a number of years ago. Uh, but it's, it's, it's constantly changing. Um, you think about the transition to, to digital that's going on right now. I think Amazon and Apple are training all of us as to what's possible. So the expectations are changing speed, access to information, um, knowledge about processes. These are all good, by the way, but they're changes and they require us to keep investing and raising the bar in terms of our expectations of ourselves on behalf of our customers. The customer focus is at the center of it and the rest sort of follows with it. We're mindful of our reputation, but it's with this overall desire of looking out for people and trying to do the right thing wherever, wherever we can. That's great. Uh, can you talk about something specific in Huntington that you're so proud of an achievement, you know, uh, something that like, you know, told you, wow, we did it. Like, you know, we're on the right track. Well, I, I get to see uh, um, vignettes from customers almost every day where there's a compliment to colleagues uh, and for, for some great service. So I really appreciate those and respond to all those, both to the individual and to my colleagues. The consequence of that is is uh, reinforcing, just reinforcing um, what we're doing every day. Um, there are many community activities that we're involved with that, that I also feel great pride about. Um, uh, the growth of the company and, and its performance financially is obviously important since we're a public company, but 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 it's not just about the financial performance, the the how we're performing. And the quality of the customer care that our colleagues feel and are devoted to providing, those are really important elements to us. So, um, uh, you know, routinely, I'm, I, I have exposure to where I think we've done a, a, a good job, maybe a, a really good job. And each one of those is a moment of, of pride. Something that Huntington is also uh, very well known for is giving back. Um, not just with customer service, but with different philanthropic, um, you know, focuses, obviously Pelotonia. But can you talk a little bit about some of the community um, things that you were able to get involved with either personally or from the bank and, you know, the causes that are passionate to you and how you feel that you may have made a difference? Well, my wife and I are, are very uh, interested in trying to help uh, provide food security. And, and so, uh, what uh, what the Mid Ohio Food Collective does is is important to us. We also are very uh, interested in in housing um, and housing uh, related issues. So if you think about the uh, the Columbus Shelter Board or uh, some of the other housing groups that that exist, uh, we're very very fortunate to live in such a, a community. And so we've chosen to be involved sometimes uh, more than others. Uh, we along with uh, two other uh, 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 couples, completed a food bank capital campaign in a, in a record time. It was uh, completed about a year ago, uh, 
uh, I'm sorry, about a half year ago, but it was done in, 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 in one year. And we were able to raise a little more than $30 million for the, the, the Middle Ohio Food Collective in a, in a, in a much shorter, much faster period of time than they expected. Uh, it was expected it would take three years. We did it in about a year and we exceeded the goal. So um, the needs were urgent. The, the, the pandemic had caused uh, layoffs and mushrooming of, of needs. And, and, uh, and, and we had great leadership to work with at the, the, the Middle Ohio Food Collective. And, 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 and they were able to put those dollars to work in the context of a longer term plan, but immediately as well in terms of food distribution, additional channels and, uh, and access. So I feel very, very proud of that, uh, along with these other sets of couples. And uh, Nick Akins was part of that. Uh, and his wife, Donna, uh, uh, as an example, I think Nick might have called me. Um, uh, the nationwide CEO, Kurt, and his wife were part of, part of that as well. So um, when we come together, um, in some cases, it's just a few of us. But, but in that case, we also had a steering committee. But when we come together as a community, we can get great things done. And I think that's part of what you uh, uh, succeeded doing as well, Rather, Thank you. Um, now, just recently, there was this blockbuster announcement of Intel um, where they're going to be opening up a plant. Um, I want to know if anyone listening knows anything about chips. Like, you know, it's one of those things that we probably take really for granted. Nevertheless, it's a big announcement and we all know it's big. How exactly? We're not so sure. Or at least I'm not. Can you maybe share with us a little bit of what this means to you? Not just Huntington Bank, obviously, that you can share as well, but really the broader community of Columbus, because I always felt like, you know, this is a, what, my fifth year or sixth year living in Columbus. And we're kind of like that city that's like, you know, right on the brink of going major league, you know, and what does Intel mean in terms of the broader future of Columbus? I I think it's a game changer. And I think you're in your analogy, this takes us to the major leagues talking about a hundred billion dollars of investment um, by Intel alone um, have to get the chip act approved, but, but the land is assembled. The infrastructure is being put in place to support that a hundred billion dollars. And then Intel with that kind of campus of chip plants will have a local supplier base, another 40 companies or so. So this could be a hundred billion of combined investment in in one sector and a new sector for us here in central Ohio. I think the population that that, uh, will be required to support that growth uh, in central Ohio will allow much more rapid growth than we've seen before in both population, um, uh, you know, other statistics like that, the, the size of the central Ohio economy, uh, um, I'm, I'm thrilled with it. The governor did a great job. The assembly did a great job. Jobs Ohio worked as, as it was designed years ago. And uh, the, local, the local team did a fabulous job. And I want to especially call out New Albany Realty because they put together a very large assemblage in two months. And nowhere else in America is that likely to have been accomplished. So kudos to New Albany Realty and, and the, the owners of, uh, of New Albany. Right, right. And uh, we actually are in touch with Governor DeWine and his uh, and his team over there to come on a show to talk about right. that. And we're just trying to find a date. Um, 
not on my end. I, I can find a date. It's a little harder for him to find a date to talk about it. But jokes aside, um, it is it is huge. Um, and it's like I think like you're saying, it's going to have a domino effect. It's going to be right. it's beginning with Intel, but it's going to be it's going to have this uh, any any uh, business advice you have for anyone like, you know, people that are just making regular hundred hundred fifty thousand dollar jobs. Um, should they invest in anything or should, anything they should be mindful of? Um, you have well, a business I, advice for us? I, I'm not going to give investment advice on the show, <laughs> but I, right. I, I do think there's uh, there's a, this is a great opportunity for central Ohio and um, housing businesses, small businesses, right. uh, the entrepreneurs um, um, that exist in our community. And we're blessed in that regard. I just think it's going to continue to, to be one of these uh, very, very exciting periods of time for the next decade. Wow. Right. Okay. That's, that is, uh, it is exciting. And I want to ask you now about a trip that you took to Israel. Um, I understand you have a, a longstanding relationship with a mentor of mine, um, Mr. Torgo, Gary Torgo, uh, chairman of Huntington now. And uh, maybe at another time, I'll tell you my story, how I got to Gary and uh, the career shift that he made me take. But um, all that aside, how did you connect with Gary Torgo? And what was, can you tell us a little bit about that trip to Israel? I'd be glad to. So I've known Gary for more than two decades. We've done business together. We've done different uh, activities in the community together. Um, I've had the privilege of meeting his family uh, and his wife. And uh, I think it was uh, four years ago now, uh, Gary invited a group of, of um, business and gover- governor- government officials to for a week in Israel. And I was privileged to go with the the Federation in Detroit uh, sponsored uh, trip, and it was incredible. Uh, Gary's uh, Gary alone to have time with uh, is is always uh, a learning moment for me, and to be in Israel, our first exposure with the access we were getting from Gary through Gary and the Federation was just remarkable. So. Um, uh, uh, it could not have been better in any re- in any regard, and uh, uh, it made such a powerful impression. I'm looking forward to going back. I, I think I have two trips coming this year, and uh, 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 both with Gary, by the way, and uh, and others. And um, uh, I, I'm it's sacred land, so how can you not be moved uh, by by just physically being there? Um, uh, a trip of a lifetime for me. And you mentioned his family. I mean, sometimes you see someone and then you see their family and it just brings the value of the person's legacy to a whole new level. Um, Like Yoni, um, you know, who I'm good friends with and uh, to see the way Yoni, like the way children today don't have the same respect for their parents as in previous generations or so we are told. Um, And to see someone like um, the next generation, they stand up when their dad walks in the room and things like that shows really a lot of um, a a, a really strong value um, system uh, with them. I want to ask you about the Yeshiva Beth Yehuda. So you were honored there um, a year and a half ago or so. Um, I remember watching it um, in, it was a virtual program. And then the following year, we got to see you in action, chair the dinner um, with the first lady who spoke beautifully. So I want to ask you, how did you um, get connected to Yeshiva Beth Yehuda? I don't, I don't believe you are a Yeshiva graduate, um, didn't go to Yeshiva, but nevertheless, it seemed that you were passionate about it. What was it about the Yeshiva that spoke to you and that wanted you know, to get you to get involved? 
Well, the, my linkage back to the yeshiva is through Gary. Uh, this is uh, incredibly important to him. And I think it was maybe seven years ago, uh, eight years ago, Gary asked if we would get involved. And we started with uh, sponsorship and um, and then looked to and did that for, continue to do that and and looked to continue to try and help the yeshiva. And I, I, I've probably been there six or eight times, and every time is is uh, is an uplifting moment for me. The the, the there's a, a pureness uh, of joy and love that I experience in that the yeshiva, and it's it's a remarkable opportunity again for me, and 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 I'm so grateful. Now Gary and others made the mistake of honoring me a few years ago um, with uh, the 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 uh, award, but. I'm, um, uh, it happened to be the year that COVID broke. And so we scrambled quite a bit to try and reformat. You, you suggested, you, you know, you saw that on video. That was the only way it is. In, the in-person event is remarkable. There are about 3000 people. It overflows. It's in the biggest possible uh, event space we could get in Detroit. And, uh, and still it's not enough room. So a wonderful evening, a great program. It's just keeps getting better. And uh, a lot of that is the dedication of the, 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 the staff there and, and the rabbis and, and, uh, and the leadership of Gary. Right. No, it is an incredible experience uh, and a lot of work that Gary puts in and also Rabbi Shragi Meyer and uh, the, their team, they do an incredible job and the choir. They're always quite entertaining. I have to give it to them on that one. Um, a couple uh, months ago, we were very fortunate to have you, at the Shanstein home to do a, um, I think, you know, a young leadership business networking event. And we, what, what became apparent at that, um, at that, you know, function was we had about 40 or so 30 year olds and 40, you know, maybe low forties, um, and maybe even upper twenties. And I was looking around and I was just blown away by how many young successful entrepreneurs are here locally. And um, I wanted to know what your thoughts were um, when you saw those young people. Um, did that confirm what you already knew? Do you see the young people in Columbus really taking charge um, in obviously, you know, in a business sense and that, you know, they could become big business leaders in the next few years as well. Oh, I definitely think men, uh, a number of them will become big business leaders it's a very impressive group. They're great entrepreneurs. There's a there's a culture in the community around entrepreneurialism and, and building private private privately held businesses. That's that's truly remarkable. It's unique to somewhat unique to Columbus. And uh, that uh, evening was spe- special. It was uh, um, uh, on many fronts. And while I had known a number of the business people who who were there. Uh, I was able to meet some new friends and hopefully find ways that we could be helpful with them as well. Sure. And I guess my final question is when do we get to do another program with you? Um, well, I'm sure you have a long line of well-deserving <laughs> people that'll probably take us through the next decade or so, <laughs> but if I can be helpful in some way, I would love to do that. It's always a pleasure to be with you. Thank you, Rabbi. And uh, um, uh, I, I appreciate the uh, the good work you're doing and, and, uh, you were kind enough to share uh, Joyce Beatty's uh, 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 session with me, which I really appreciated. So I, I know this is important work of extending into 
uh, the community leaders and then sharing. Uh, I wish I was uh, more deserving and more capable of contributing, but uh, thank you for your mission in that regard. Well, and uh, I really enjoyed uh, our company again and, and look forward to seeing you in the future. Likewise. Thank you, Steve. And, you know, that is what Kolot is all about. Kolot is the Hebrew word for voices. And we want many voices sharing their life experiences because there's really something to learn from everyone. Lots to learn from you as well. So thank you, Steve, for coming on our show. And we're really looking forward to, uh, to when we get to spend time together next time. My pleasure. Thank you. Good to be with you. Thank you. To listen to all Colot episodes and see upcoming guests, visit colopodcast.com. We are also on all podcast players. Type in Colot on iTunes, Spotify, Google, Stitcher, Podbean, and Amazon. Share with your friends and please make sure to give us a five-star review. Colot is a project of the Columbus Community Colot, a full-time Jewish learning center in Bexley, staffed with high-caliber Torah scholars. Ever since 1995, boys, girls, men and women from all backgrounds and affiliations have found many opportunities to connect with Torah and mitzvahs at the Kolel. Whether it's a study partner, engaging lesson, or a program, the Kolel is your one-stop shop for all your Jewish learning. If you want to know how you can benefit from the Kolel, visit thekolel.org. That is T-H-E-K-O-L-L-E-L dot org and forever be inspired.